If you're fired up for Jesus, come on, give him a hallelujah. Give him some praise. My name is Griselda. I am one of the pastors on staff, and I came here to give you a word from the Lord. I want this morning for God to spur us on to good works, to good deeds for the kingdom of God. Pastor Joe and Nancy, as Joe mentioned, uh, are in New Orleans today. They are leading the first missions trip with Legacy Missions College. Come on, Ministry College. God is doing powerful things. He's using your church. He's using your gifts. He's using your tithes and your offerings to do great and mighty things, to raise up ministers all across the nation, to go forth and preach the gospel. Amen? So you may not be there in person, but come on, you're there. Amen? What you've sown is there, right? Your prayers are there with them. So praise God. May the Lord use them mightily to preach the gospel and to see souls saved. I am so excited to be here. I am so excited to be part of this church. Hallelujah. God is so good. I am so proud to be part of a Bible-believing church that equips believers, amen, to go forth and to be the light of Jesus Christ. When we see things happening on the news and all around the world with, with uh, wars and rumors of wars, diseases and sicknesses and, and, and natural disasters, hallelujah, I'm glad that I've been trained up to know the word of God, to know that God is with us through the storm, amen? that he will not leave us and he will not forsake us and that he has a plan through everything that is happening right now all around the world. God sees it all. He is sovereign. He is all-powerful, all-knowing, come on, and all-present. You can say that three, th three times, right? Come on, let the devil know who your God is, right? He is all-powerful and we are called by him. We are servants of the Most High God. Do we have any servants in the house? We have any people here who have surrendered their lives to Jesus and say, God, use me? Because I know I've said that, God, use me, use me, use me, Lord. And then when he comes knocking at the door to use me, I'm like, oh, no, not me, Lord. But come on, that's, seasons are done, right? Seasons of hiding, seasons of shrinking back, seasons of saying, God, I'm scared no more. The times, we cannot have Christians shrinking back because of the times that we are in. Wicked people. Listen to me, wicked people with demonic agendas are running this world, are in office, are in your schools, are in your colleges, and they are advancing their wicked agendas that come from hell. Do you understand that? And they promote it with pride and pomp, with arrogance and they preach their wicked agendas to our children, to anybody that will listen. And what they want to do is they want to push us back into the closet and want to shame a Christian for having biblical values. But the time for the Christian to rise up is now. Amen? The time for us to tell the devil, get behind me, Satan. I'm not going to be silent any longer. The time for... Christians to rise up is now. We have been going through testings. Come on, every year has been something different, right? God has been using these things to wake up the church. And I believe that God, that is happening all across the nation, all across the world. Believers are rising up and they're waking up. 
And I'm here today to ask you, are you awake to what is happening in the world? Amen. We're going to be in the book of uh, Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 through 30. We're going to be talking about the parable of the talents. Have you guys heard that parable before? Each and every person here right now, you may feel small and insignificant when you think about the world, when you think about even the body of Christ and how big it is. But I want you to know that God sees you and God knows you. He's called you and he saved you and you have a testimony and what God has done in your life because he's going to use it. So when, I, when you think about what's happening in the world and what's the answer and what's going to happen, I want you to know that that answer resides in you because you carry the gospel of Jesus Christ. You have the truth inside of you. So each and every person in this room, we have talents and abilities and resources that God has given us. Amen? And we're going to get into it. Let's read. Matthew 25, verse 14. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey. What will be like a man? Like the kingdom of God is what we're talking about, okay? Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth with them. To one, he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one, to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here it is. Here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers. So that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him. Give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has, he will be given more. And they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Amen. Come on, that is a good parable. 
that'll wake us up. Amen. Come on, give it up for the word of the Lord. The first thing that I want to point out, we can go to the beginning of the passage here. Verse 14 is that God has entrusted us with gifts. He's entrusted us with talents, abilities, money, finances, resources, right? Are you entrusted with any things in your life? Do you have things that you oversee that you have to take care of day in and day out? Some of us more than others, right? I want us to understand that according to this parable, everything that has been entrusted into our care belongs to God. You belong to God. Your spouse belongs to God. Your children belong to God. Amen? Your house belongs to God. Your career belongs to God. Come on now. What else? Our health belongs to God. The ability for us to think logically belongs to God. To breathe. Come on. Every time I think about the ability to breathe, I think how wonderful it is. I can't do it on my own. And I think about someone like Vladimir Putin right now. The only reason he can do what he does is because he has the breath of God in his lungs. But in a moment, God can take that away. But God will use all things for his glory, right? Everything that we have belongs to God. And before I move past this part right here, I want us to understand what a responsibility it is when things are left in our care. I, if you ever let me borrow your car and say, you can use my car, I won't use it. You want to know why? Because if something happens to it, I'm responsible for it, right? I understand what it means to be responsible for things, that I will be held accountable for them. The things that you have in your possession, again, I want to reiterate, don't belong to you. Your children, that's a huge responsibility for you to understand that your kids don't belong to you. And you have a responsibility to raise them up in the fear and the knowledge of the Lord. To love them, to care for them, to nurture them. Amen? Parenting is a beautiful thing and we get to participate in that. God allows us to participate in that. But we are responsible to do it right with the fear of God inside of us. Marriages and relationships... Your husband, your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, they don't belong to you. They don't belong to you. They belong to God. So we better be careful how we're treating the things that belong to God. Amen? We better be careful how we're treating our spouses, how we're talking to them. I, that scripture that says we will be held accountable for every word that comes out of our mouths. Come on. That puts the fear of God when I'm talking to my husband and I'm just talking, talking, talking. I know I'm going to be held accountable for those words that come out of my mouth. These things, these precious things that have been entrusted into our care belong to God. Do you want to know what's the most important thing that has been entrusted to our care as servants of the Lord? The gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ. He, we are to carry it forth in this world. And we are responsible to be good stewards of how we preach the gospel, especially as Americans, especially as Americans living in this land of the free and home of the brave. With every opportunity and every resource that's at our disposal, we have no excuse for how we handle this gospel. Amen? The gospel isn't something just to make us feel good or something to belong to. You know, we're part of a Christian church because it feels good. And we have friends, and they help me with counseling, and they help me with my children. No, the reason we gather here today is because Jesus Christ is the center of this church. Amen? 
The gospel is the center of everything that we do. Amen. The cross, Jesus dying for us, is the center of everything that we do. And we will be held responsible for it. Amen. The scriptures tell us in Psalm 24, verse 1, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. There we go. Right there for you. Psalm 24, verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. Everything that we have, see, belongs to the Lord. Your job belongs to him. Let's think about how we are. Are we being good stewards on the job? Are we being good representatives of Jesus Christ? Do we have a good reputation? Are we above reproach? Can people count on you to come early and stay late? Amen? That job belongs to the Lord, and you will be held accountable with how you stewarded that job and that position. Point number two, what we can get from Matthew 25, verse 14 and onward. Gifts are distributed to the body, to the servants, according to their ability. It's not everybody gets the same amount. No, each and every one of us gets it according to our ability. And God knows that ability that we have, right? So we don't want to compare ourselves to the next person. When you are judged by the Lord, by what you did in the body here on this earth, you will not be standing next to your neighbor and comparing yourself to them. No, your gifts that, you, that God has given you are yours and yours alone. Do not compare yourself to the person next to you. Do not compare yourself to your spouse. Do not compare yourself to your pastors, your leaders, or anybody else. You are you alone are uniquely made in the image of God, created and wired differently to bring God glory just the way that you are. 1 Corinthians 12:14 says, "Even so the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Amen? Did you put it there? Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. We're all different. We're all unique. Look around this room, how beautiful and wonderfully each and every person is made in this room, right? Don't compare yourself to each other. What you have, what's been entrusted into your care has been given to you by God so that you can glorify him. So don't be jealous and don't be envious of the person that has five and the person that has four and the person that has one. Don't be envious. There was a time in my life when I looked at people who weren't called to full-time ministry and I envied them in a way. I never said that, but in my heart that was there because I felt, why do I have to be stretched so much and why do I have to always step outside of my comfort zone? But the person who has one or the person who is not called into full-time ministry, they don't have to go through what I went through and that is sin and that is wickedness. So don't be jealous and don't envy what the other person has. Amen? Amen. The next thing we see from this passage is that there's two types of people here. There are those who want to work and those who don't. You have a choice on what you want to do in the kingdom. If you want to come and just want to ride, go along for the ride, or if you want to put in work, which one will you be? But I want to tell you, as we go here, 
We understand that the person who multiplies their gifts, they will share in the master's happiness. There is a lot of Christians that I believe are not satisfied in their walk with God because they're not putting in the work. They don't get to experience the happiness that the kingdom has for you because you're not. It's all about you. Christianity is about coming and being served. Christianity is about coming and, and just letting everybody else do what, what they're called to do. Amen? Which type of person will you be? Will you be the one who puts in work? Will you be the one who says, come, master, look at what I have done for you. I And be proud of your work. I used to work in an organization when the boss came around, everybody used to hide. All right? They didn't like the accountability when they came and wanted to ask them what was going on in their program, what was happening in the school. But the person who has nothing to hide, the person who has put in work, the person who has come early, stayed late, and been part of the vision of what's happening in that organization, that person is proud to say, here, this is what I've done. When you are face-to-face -face with the king of kings, will you be ashamed or will you be proud of the work that you have put in the harvest field? Amen? Number four, those who multiply will oversee more. Amen. Let's go to Luke 16, 10. Luke 16, 10. It says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? Amen? Sometimes you wonder why more isn't given to you. And you have to ask yourself, have you been responsible with what's already been given to you? Be encouraged to the one who is working hard for the kingdom of God. It says here, as you are trusted with very little and you've done well, you're going to have more. Amen? Your ministry is going to expand. Things in your job are going to begin to flourish and grow because you've been trusted with little. Amen? The next thing that we want to get out of this passage is excuses get us nowhere. Come on. Are you, do you, have you ever made excuses before the Lord? Have you made excuses before God as to why you don't want to work in the kingdom and why you don't want to be used by him? If we want to go back to Matthew 25, 24. The man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. And his master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. Amen. This man had an excuse. And who did he blame it on? He blamed it on the master. Why didn't he get to work? Was, it was the master's fault. He was afraid. He was afraid to mess up. He was afraid to fail. So what he did was he buried his talent. And the master calls him out on his excuse. And he says, you weren't afraid. You're actually wicked and you're lazy. 
There's many times or many things that we have in our lives that are called excuses of why we don't want to take the talents of God and put them to work. And that's what they are. They are excuses. Some of you deal with real fears and real reasons on why you don't want to step out into the water. And instead of being bound by those reasons, what you need to do is you need to stand upon the word of God so those reasons and excuses don't hold you back. Amen? We have to put in the work. You have to fight the good fight of faith. There are some things that are going to come by putting in hard work. They're not going to come easily. You have to put in the work. Proverbs 18.9 says, One who is slack in his work is a brother to one who destroys. If you're not building the kingdom, you're partnering with those who are destroying the kingdom. If we're not putting in the work to advance the kingdom and we're here just sucking up everything that we can have for our own personal gain, and you're being lazy in the body of Christ, you are being destructive, just like, the one, just like a heckler who is holding back and, and trying to distract from the gospel. If you are slack in your work in the kingdom of God, you are as one who destroys, and God will call you out one day when you face him face to face. And he will say, no, you weren't afraid. No, it wasn't too difficult for you to get to work. It wasn't too difficult for you to be a person of integrity. It wasn't too difficult because I gave you everything that you needed for life and godliness. You didn't ask. That's what it was. You didn't believe. You didn't stand upon the word of God. You're at, you were actually wicked and lazy. Come on. Let it not be said of us, Lord. Come on, may it be said of us that we were good and faithful servants with everything that was entrusted into our care. May we be people who multiply. May we be people who produce, who take everything God has given us with such a great responsibility, with fear and trembling, understanding that one day Jesus is coming back. Amen? And we will give an account to him one day. Will you be confident on the day that you meet Jesus? 1 John 2.28. Let's turn there. 1 John 2.28. We want to be confident. We want to be excited to meet the king. We want to run to him and know that we did everything to tell the world about him. We did everything to care for everything that he entrusted into our care with ex in excellence. 1 John 2.28 says, And now, dear children, continue in him so that when he appears... We may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of God. Amen? Hallelujah. How then should we live? What is the encouragement? What can you take away from this message, from the parable of the talent? Number one, I want to encourage you to take inventory of your life. Be reflective. Come on, right now, just start thinking about everything that God has put into your care. Sometimes we live life just going from one day to the next, letting time and letting life pass us by, and we don't live with intentionality. We let matters dictate our life. 
We don't have focus. We don't have vision. Men in this room, I want to encourage you to have vision for your family. Women, I want you to have vision for your family, vision for your future. If you don't, if you do not make it a priority in your life to think through what you're doing with your years, life is going to pass you by. Years are going to pass you by. Goals are going to pass you by. People who came after you are going to pass you by. Do you understand? You have to take inventory of what's in your life and say, Lord, am I doing all of these things for your glory? The Bible says everything, let everything that we do be done for the glory of God. If you have children and family and money and finances and you don't have things put down on paper between you and the Lord in a journal or somewhere, life is going to pass you by. You need vision. When you read the scriptures, you want to get in there and say, Lord, speak to me according to my children. Speak to me according to every single talent and thing you have entrusted into my care. Take inventory. Number two, be intentional to take initiative and ownership of what God has called you to do. I want to tell you how easy it is to be in a discipleship church where you have people in your life who want to hold you accountable and spur you on for us to be reliant on them. We don't move until they tell us to move. We, we're not creative with our gifts until they tell us to be creative. Come on, you have to take ownership of that, what God has given you. Don't wait for your leaders. Don't wait for your pastors to come and hold you by the hand and tell you, do this and do that now. And I want to tell you, I have fallen into that. I am, have, will have and will easily take my talents and bury them and not bring them out until somebody tells me to. But God spoke to me this year, and he said, this is a year of action. This is a year to stop just praying about things, but it's time to start doing them. Amen? Don't rely on one another because, again, we're not going to be there on the day of judgment. Amen? It's you between you and the Lord. So be intentional. Take ownership. Take ownership of the vision at MPI. Take ownership of Elevate, ladies, right? Take ownership of the ministries that God has entrusted you with. Take ownership. Be passionate for the Lord. Some of you are not multiplying your gifts because you've lost your first love. Church and ministry and, and things in your home and, and your jobs have become something very mundane. And you've lost your passion for living. And that comes through depression and that comes through things that may have happened in your life that may very well have knocked you down. But I want to encourage you to to be hungry and thirsty for God once again, to go into your prayer closet and say, Lord, I'm not leaving here until you meet me here and you light me ablaze once again. I promise you, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you want passion and you want fire and you want faith and you want to be renewed like the day when you first gave your life to the Lord, you've got to go into your prayer closet. It's not just coming to a service or coming to a conference and listening to sermons on YouTube. It comes with meeting with the living God. The next thing I want to encourage you all is to get rid of the little foxes that spoil the vine. The little foxes that try to sneak in, sin, hindrances, obstacles, all of those things will come in and hinder you from wanting to multiply your gifts. A Christian that's in sin, a Christian that's in compromise does not know the power and the authority that God has given them.
You want to know why? Because when you're in sin, you're, it's all about you. You're consumed, you're self-absorbed, you're self-centered, and you're, it's about your needs and your flesh and your weakness and pray for my struggle and pray for this. Those are foxes that try to come in and spoil your vine. And if you are not careful, you will be like that servant that is tossed out because you didn't mature. You didn't grow in certain areas of your life, and those things held you back. Those things will choke you out. Sin will choke you out. Amen? So what kind of life are we to live? Passionate, intentional. I want to invite the worship band to come up to the front. There are people in this room who have taken the talents that God has given them. And, and, and in a moment, in, in a season, they were very small. I wanted to talk about Pastor Joe and Nancy for a moment as the band comes up. They started this church with a Bible study in their home. About six people present. And look what the Lord has done. They were faithful with a little. They were faithful with a few disciples. They were faithful in their little apartment. They knew that God had called them. They knew that God had given them a vision for something greater. But in the moment of what they saw in the natural, they could have quit. They could have gave up. They could have said, forget this. We're going to go do something else. They were faithful with the little. And look now, God has entrusted them with much. In the process, they could have compromised. There was leaders that came along the way who weren't ready to count the cost and lay down their lives. They could have made them leaders. They could have made them elders and deacons in the church. And this, what we have here, a strong foundation would not be here. They didn't compromise along the way. And now we have two services. Come on, we're going. We're, we're about to start hitting 300s in attendance. About 15 life groups. A Bible college. A strong family, a strong home, children being raised up, knowing Jesus, because they took what they had. They took the little that they had way back when, and they say, God, I have this, and I'm going to give it to you. You multiply it. Amen? I thank God for their example. I thank God for Pastor Joe's example, always challenging us to want more and to believe God for more and greater and mighty things. Amen? The other example is, I believe, I, I want to mention Nini's Deli. Come on, we can't have a service without mentioning Nini's Deli. <laughs> Do you think that Juani and his family, when they were serving sandwiches years ago, knew what that was going to become? When Juan got saved, he said, I'm going to run this business for the glory of God. And he did that, and he continues to do that. And look what God did with the little that Juani had. He didn't compromise along the way. God spoke to him, do this, do that. Don't do that. It's time for this. Come on, he was being guided by the Holy Spirit. Are you being guided by the Holy Spirit for what's been entrusted into your care? Because I promise you, I know that there's more in this room. I know that there's fruit that's ready to come forth this year in the name of Jesus. And every excuse and every reason the devil has given you to quit, to shrink back, or to do less is leaving in Jesus' name. If you want it, if you want it, 
Let those gifts inside of you arise. Let the little foxes that are trying to come in and spoil the vine, come on, be crucified here today at the altar. Some of you got to break up with people. Some of you have to stop being friends with people at school or even at work with certain coworkers. There's things that are hindering you. And you're, you're going to say, no, I am not going to forsake the call of God on my life for this person or this thing in my life right now. Some of you have addictions and you need help. And we're here to help you. But you got to get sick and tired of being sick and tired of being held back. Everybody else is getting promoted. Everybody else is getting blessed. But why not me? And God's saying, I'm not bringing you out of to, to the promised land until you get rid of this right here, right now. Okay? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is fruit. The people of God, we bear fruit. Come on, John 15. Let's turn to John 15. Hallelujah. As we abide with the Lord, as we seek the Lord in everything that we do, it is impossible for us to not bear fruit, to not grow. He says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Come on, that reminds us of the servant that's being thrown out. He didn't do what he was called to do, so he's getting thrown out. Come on, the branches now. If you're not bearing fruit, you're getting cut off. Point blank. You can be the sweetest. You can be the kindest. You can be the most loving person. You can be the person that gives the biggest offering. But if you're not bearing fruit for God's kingdom, he's cutting you off. The fear of God needs to be inside of us. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Church, I invite you to let God prune you. I invite you to let him do something great in your life so that you could bear more fruit. You, it says, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Church, we got to stop doing stuff on our own. We got to stop doing stuff on our own accord. We got to come to God, right? My husband and I last year, I'm going to tell on us for a little bit. We stepped out and we tried to buy a house without seeking the Lord. It was a feeling. It was a desire. And it felt right. But we didn't seek the Lord's counsel. We got to stop doing stuff on our, on our own. Amen? I invite you to stand up to your feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's turn to Psalm 1. Psalm 1. Come on, God is calling us to multiply. God is calling us to bear fruit. God is calling us to be prosperous, and it's not for our glory, it's for his. The best kind of life is found with Jesus. It's not found on our own, it's not found on our own doing. It says, blessed is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Hallelujah. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. 
Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, we thank you. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, that you've called us to prosper. We thank you that you've called us to be like a tree planted by streams of water and whatever we do prospers. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we need to prosper. We need to advance your kingdom. We need to grow. Come on, church, lift up your hands all across this room if you're ready for God to prune you, if you're ready to bear good fruit. Hallelujah. If you're ready to multiply those gifts for the glory of God, can you see it? Come on, I want you to envision right now you're standing before the throne. And you're being judged and you are so proud and you're so happy and excited to be before the king because you took care of everything he entrusted into your hands and you did it well hallelujah 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 i want to invite our altar workers up to the front the first call of prayer we're going to do Right now, if you feel like you're that person who's taken your talent and you're buried it into the ground, you feel stagnant, you feel like you're not growing, you're not seeing the fruit of God in your life, I want you to come up to these altars. And I want you to be transparent and honest and vulnerable before Jesus. And our prayer workers will pray with you. I want you to pray today. I want you to open up your mouth and pray today. And our prayer workers are going to pray with you. I want you to declare the promises of God over your life. I want you to say who God has called you to be and call out the promises and the things he's called you to do. And if you have not been faithful, if you've been disobedient, if you've given way to fear, I want you to pray. And today to be the last day that you are bound by the lies of the enemy. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. 